Hey, I'm so glad uh, to be here with you. If you're a guest with us, um, welcome to, to Central Baptist Church. We're, we're so glad you're here with us. Right here, there's a screen behind me. You can QR code um, that uh, right there, and you can get the notes for today so you can follow along with what we're doing um, today during the sermon. But uh, last week, we were out of town. We went back to Texas, visited some friends, and we had a great time. And we were driving back. And uh, we were listening to the sermon uh, from last week, and Kevin did an awesome job as we continued a sermon series on discipleship. And there was a couple times where we're driving down the road, and I had to pause it and look at Holly and say, what did he just say? <laughs> and I had to rewind it and like, oh, yeah, he, he, did, he did say that. Uh, yeah, oh, man. Uh, but Kevin, awesome job uh, talking about the simplest form of discipleship is loving God and loving others. I mean, that's just the simplest ingredient of what it means to be a disciple of Christ. And so we talked about that. And uh, well, today, as you look up here, man, we got, we got some props today. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Um, but uh, I, I was thinking about this. I love a good campfire. Do y'all love a good campfire? Yeah. When I think of a campfire, I think of family and friends and lawn chairs sitting around outside in the dark, in the woods, and you got a great roaring fire going. You can, just, you can just feel that heat. You can smell those smells. And I love the sound of a, just a, like the popping of a fire, you know? It just brings back memories. I, lo- I love roasting marshmallows. How many of you guys are like just barely burnt, just kind of kind of lightly brown marshmallow people here around here, okay? All right. How many of y'all love it just like scorched and burnt where it's on fire and you take it out and you kind of wave it around a little bit? Yes, that is, that's how I am. I love that about a campfire. Fire is, is a big deal for us. Throughout human history, fire has been really important. All the way back to Adam and Eve, it was used as a source of heat and a source of light, and it grew civilizations. And throughout the centuries, it has become even more important. It has helped us to modernize um, cultures around the world with inventions. And even today, I would say it's probably one of the the top 10 greatest tools that we have is, is fire. If you go to God's word, fire is used all the time to describe God working in people's lives. Six times in the Bible, fire is used uh, to describe uh, that God would send it down to, to earth to consume his enemies or to do something miraculous. We think about fire used in Exodus when the burning bush scene happened or when the pillar of fire was used to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. In Revelations 29, God promises that he will destroy his enemies with fire coming down from heaven. Fire is also used in the Bible to describe God's presence. Hebrews 12, 29 says that God is a consuming what? Fire, consuming fire. John the Baptist says that Jesus will come and baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire in Matthew chapter three. And we can see the Holy Spirit begin to come into play in the book of Acts. And it begins to describe the Holy Spirit as like a a fire starter. We see it when the disciples who become apostles and they're waiting for um, God, Jesus, to send the the helper. And the helper comes and comes and consumes them. The Bible says it's like the Holy Spirit descends on them like tongues of fire. And they're able to to go out and to, to preach and to witness and to do the things that God had called them to do. And so we have the fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives that guides us and directs us and illuminates our lives. And so we're gonna be talking about that a little bit today as we continue this series 
on discipleship. Me to we, disciples making disciples. You have your Bibles, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to be um, in, in here very briefly, but I want you to turn there. And so in 1, Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul is writing to this church in Thessalonica, almost like a long lost pastor, a pastor that has gone away and he loves these people and he's going to write back to them and saying, hey, I want to encourage you in something. So I was thinking about this. If I, if I was gone for a long period of time, I was writing back to Central, what would I want to say? How would I want to encourage the church? And so he goes and he, he says some things and halfway through 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 14, he begins to describe some things and he says, he says to uh, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with everybody. Seek to do good. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances. Those are, those are great, great sayings and those are great verses that we use all the time. But we stop there a lot of times and we don't get to this next verse. And he says this in verse 19. Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. The Holy Spirit that lives inside of every believer that never leaves us, that seals us for eternity. And throughout our lives, it, it comforts us and gives us wisdom to be able to, to understand God's word like never before. And it can, he convicts us of our sin. And so 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 is, is, a, is a warning to us not to, to stifle or to block or to, like he says, quench the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because see, the Holy Spirit is like a, like a fire starter if you're gonna go camping. And so if you're going to go camping, you get, you get this, this little simple fire starter. As you want to start a fire, you, you take this magnesium and ferrous rod, and you take a me- piece of metal, and you're going to strike it to, to start a fire. And the Holy Spirit is like that in our lives. I mean, think about it. Like, if you, when you're reading the scriptures, and you've read this verse for a hundred different, different ways, a hundred different times, but God speaks to you in a, in a new way, which is pretty awesome, it's like a... It's like a, a fire in your life. It's like a spark in your life. Or like, let's say worship is just awesome. And that one song is just speaking to you like never before, as if that writer had written it just for the relationship you have be- between yourself and God. And it's just like a, a spark in your life. Or you hear that sermon by me, no, I'm just kidding, by anybody. And it's just awesome. And you're just like, man, this feels great. I mean, this has really convicted me. It's like a, 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 a fire, like a fire starter in your life. Or if you're outside and the sun is setting and it's just no words, right? You just go, man, this is awesome. Or you see those stars and you're going, there's no way this happened just by chance. This is God just kind of speaking in your life and it's just Holy Spirit just just lighting a spark in your life. Or when you're tempted to sin and you know that you shouldn't have those thoughts and you know you shouldn't do the thing that you're about to do and you get this like this gut-wrenching feeling, and you're like, mm. there's just like this, this hand in your life just kind of trying to stop you, trying to just say, hey, this is, this is not what you should be doing. You know what that is? That's, that's the Holy Spirit, right? Just, just lighting it, lighting a little spark in your life. Over and over again, the Holy Spirit, that's what it does. he does. He, he lights this spark in our lives, but the problem is we usually never really light, do we? Over and over again, this spark comes into our lives. 
And over and over again, we have this little bit of burning, a little bit of spark in our lives, but then it just kind of burns out. We're always just living this, this up and down roller coaster life called, called the Christian life here in America, where we are sometimes on fire for God, but most of the time we are not. And so what happens is, is we are just left continually over and over again, discouraged and disheartened. That's how most of us are. It's a sad way for us to live our lives as believers in Christ, but that is the way most of us are. And what happens is the reason we don't light a, light a fire in our lives is because maybe our spiritual wood is wet. I mean, think about this. Like if I was to, to come over here to this, this giant log over here and I was just to pour water on it, right? And I just pour water all over that thing and then I try to light it. What is going to happen? What's going to happen? Nothing. Like, I mean, I can, I can do this all day long, right? All day long. And you've probably seen some people maybe out on the campground, they're trying to light like these big logs. You're just laughing. Like, this is never going to work, you know? But that's how it is spiritually for us a lot of times is that we have wood, spiritual things that we want to do, the way we want to live our lives for the Lord, and our wood is wet. And so God is always lighting a spark in our lives, but it never takes hold in our lives. So the question I have for us today is this. Are you in a position to burn? Because this is really dealing with us, the me aspect of discipleship. How am I supposed to position my life so that I can burn for the Lord? Because a disciple of Jesus is someone who burns for Jesus. So if you want to burn for God, what do you need to do? What do you need to do to catch his spark? And there's a couple, couple of things that we need to do. Number one. If you want the Holy Spirit to light a spark in your life, you need to do this. You've got to get in the right environment. You've got to get in the right environment. It's like going camping. If you're going to go camping and you're going to, you're going to light a fire, you've got to get in the right location. So for one, you can't be in a place that's just sopping wet, right? You also don't want to be um, in a bunch of wind because then your fire is never really going to light. Then you need to you know, make some, a fire ring or something. You've got to get yourself in a position to be able to, to have a, a great sustainable fire. In the same way with us, in our lives, we need to be in the right position spiritually to be able to take that spark the Holy Spirit gives us. And you know what that position is? You know where that is? It's right here. In God's word. The right environment for us to be disciples of Christ. The right environment for, of us, for us to, to have that spark ignite something special in our lives is to be in God's word. Look at this. Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11. Here's what it says. Just visualize this. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and they do not return, but, but they water the earth, they make it bring, bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So it's a great image, right, of rain coming down. It says it has a point, it has a purpose. It doesn't just go down and come back up without doing something productive. Here's what he says, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. The Bible here says is that God's word does not return void. And when we take it in, it will produce something special in our lives. But here's the problem. Our culture fights us all the time on this. Our culture teaches us, here's what you need to do with the vast majority of your life. You need to find comfort and be entertained. Think about it. The amount of time you spend 
every week being entertained. I'm talking to myself too, okay? The amount of time we spend on social media, the amount of time we watch Netflix and Hulu, the amount of time we're watching the NCAA tournament, right? Okay? The amount of time we, we have something plugged into our ears. You get in your car, what's there for you? Radio, right? All the time we are bombarded to be just entertained and be comforted in this life. But there needs to be something different going on in real believers of Christ. We need to be people who are kind of like my friend back, back uh, in, in Andrews where we went. I got to spend some time with one of my buddies and talk to him for several hours. And he's a guy that I want to be like because he is, as he says it, a reader of books and a thinker of things. It's kind of his thing. And he wants to be around other men who are readers of books and thinkers, thinker of things. Man, think about that. That, that is deep. I want to be a man who is a reader of God's word and a deep thinker of the things of God. If I really want a spark to ignite in my life, that's what I need to be, and that's what you need to be as well. If we want God to move in our lives, we've got to take the Bible off the shelf, right? If we really want to, for God to, to burn in our lives, then we got to get in his word. And I'll go as far as to say this. Don't expect God to really show up in your life if you're not in his word. If you're not spending time in scripture, don't expect him to, because this is the way that he does it. And he asks us and he calls us and says, get in my word. So this is the, the first thing we need to do. If we want to catch that spark, we've got to be in the right environment. And the right environment is in God's word. Number two, if we want the Holy Spirit to, to light a spark in our lives, we gotta sharpen the ax. Simple as that. We gotta, we gotta sharpen this ax over here. Several years ago, I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to chop a, a bunch of wood, and I had some big logs, and they weren't like as, as big as, as, as this one, but they're, they're a little bit shorter. And so, I mean, I, I stood them all up in my backyard, and I got my axe out, and I had my, uh, my safety gear on, my goggles and my gloves, and I was ready to go. And I started just swinging away, trying to chop these up, because I, I, I was just being a man, right? You know what I'm talking about? Just being a man. And so I, and there's the deal. I almost passed out, because I, I could not chop these the, these, this wood. I could not do it. It just would not work. I was so frustrated and I'm just struggling and I'm just putting everything into to what I have and my hands hurt. No, oh, I'm just, I can't breathe. I was like, what is the deal? Now I looked down at my axe and I realized, <laughs> I realized that my, my axe was, was dull, right? This axe that I had and I was going to you use it. I just looked down and I was like, man, this thing is just blunt. There's, there's no way that I'm cutting anything. Because there's it, a good principle for life right here that a dull axe is exhausting, right? And it's ineffective in our lives. And so spiritually, we need to sharpen our axe, our spiritual axes in our lives. And the spiritual axes is the, the God working in your life and you positioning yourself in such a way that you are willing and able to, to be used by God in your life. Like, those are things that we want, right? We want to be used by God. We don't want to be ineffective in our lives, um, in, in our walk with God. But we have, a lot of times, these spiritual axes, act, a spiritual axe that is just really dull. And so what do we need to do? Well, the Bible says that we need to sharpen it, Right? So what I need to do in my own life is I need to take this literal ax. I need to take a stone, right? Something else that is, that is hard. I need to 
right? I needed to, to sharpen that axe. This is what the Bible says, real simply, Proverbs 27, 17. You've heard this verse several times. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. What an incredible verse of wisdom right there. It says, hey, if you want to be sharp for the Lord, if you want your spiritual acts to be sharp so you can position yourself in such a way that you can accept that spark in, God's li- in your life that God has for you, then you got to have a sharp axe. And the only way that's going to happen is if you sharpen it up against someone else. Say in the Christian life, you can't live it alone. You've got to be in community. And why is it so important that our spiritual axes are sharp? I love this verse. One of my favorite verses recently, Ecclesiastes 10.10. You may have never heard this. This is crazy. Here's what God says. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. Wow, that's pretty simple, right? But that is pretty profound. Here's what it says. If your axe is blunt, then you are going to have to spend a lot more energy, right? Trying to live this Christian life that God has called you to live. And so you spend all that energy. You're trying to get into God's word. You're trying, um, you're trying so hard to, to be connected in your small group. You're trying to live for God and, and share Christ with people and trying to do the right thing and, and not fall into sin. And you just, man, you're just exhausted and it's tiring. You're like, what is the deal? This is not how the Christian life is supposed to be. But the problem is your ax is blunt. And the reason your ax is blunt is because you don't have other people next to you that are sharpening it. And that's what it says. It says, but wisdom helps one to succeed. What is the wisdom? Well, the wisdom, go back to Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron. And we're supposed to sharpen our spiritual axes next to each other as well. This is discipleship, right? This is one of the biggest aspects of discipleship is that we need to be men and women of God who have other people next to us. Discipleship involves other people. So if you want to burn for Christ, you want to burn for God, you've got to sharpen your axe in community. Real simple, right? Number three, if you want to, the Holy Spirit to, to light a fire in your life, here's what you got to do. You got to stack wood. You got to prepare yourself to light. Man, I've tried to light a campfire several times, a lot of times in my life. And sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. But what do you really need to do, right? So here, here's a little simple lesson by Clayton that maybe not be the best lesson uh, on how to light a fire, but, but here's one of the things you can do. You got to have some kindling, something that will help you to light really easily. And, and you know what? Cotton balls are great. So go get some cotton balls if you want to light a fire. And man, you set that down first. That's one aspect of it. But if you just light that and then don't put anything else there, what's it going to do? just going to burn out, right? It's going to light for just a little bit, but not for a long time. And so what you got to do is you got to take something just a little bit bigger. So you take some, some like little twigs, right? And you kind of, you kind of break them up and you, you, you do this and you kind of get them and you make a little teepee or just set them down there and you, you get that ready. But that's not enough because those only stay lit for just a little bit. And so then you got to take some, some bigger sticks, right? You take these bigger sticks, bigger branches, and you put those on the fire, and you begin to, to light that. And as it, as it begins to grow, then you take these, these larger branches, larger logs, and you take them and you begin to stack them on the fire. And that's what we need to do spiritually. We gotta stack wood. We gotta stack wood with these basic elements of what it means to be a disciple. So here's a, here's a great um, 
a great definition of what discipleship is right here on the screen. Here's what it says. Discipleship is intentionally equipping believers with the word of God through accountable relationships empowered by the Holy Spirit in order to replicate faithful followers of Christ. Those things right there, that's a great definition of discipleship. If you think about it, if you, if you break those down where they're underlined and, and highlighted, if you take those and break those apart, those are all like different logs, different aspects of a great fire in our lives for God. So let's look at this. If you really want to be disciples of Christ, here's what you need. You need to be intentionally equipped. What that's talking about is having the church, Right? The church being intentional with making disciples. If you look to your left, you look to your right, you see these banners. These banners say, make disciples. That is one of our, our main focuses as Central Baptist Church. We need to be a church that is going to equip believers to make disciples. And that's what we're going to start doing. That's what we're going to start doing here really soon. That's what, this, that's what this sermon series is all about. We need to be a church that's equipping each other, helping each other to be able to do that but also says through accountable relationships. And we're gonna talk about that next week. That's talking about others, right? The sharpening the axe part of discipleship. We cannot do this alone. We need other people around us, and this is very difficult because accountable relationships are tough. Being vulnerable with each other is difficult. We want to do things alone. We, want, we don't want other people to know our junk. We don't want other people holding us accountable, but we need that in our lives. I need that in my life. Every single one of us needs that. That's another log to put on the fire. And then we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, the spark that we've been talking about. And the whole point of discipleship, something we got to remember is that you being a disciple or you becoming a disciple is not just about you, right? It's about other people. We need to be, be those who replicate ourselves, right? We need to be disciples who are making disciples, that's one of the main aspects of what it means to be a great church that's doing great things for God and making other disciples. Because here's the deal. This spark, this, uh, this spark is pretty powerful. Holy Spirit, real powerful. You know that this spark is 5,600 degrees. Every time I do that, 5,600 degrees. That's pretty hot. You would think that it would, it would light, right? Like, okay, I hope, hope that didn't light. Um, um, all right, so <laughs> there's a fire extinguisher around here. When the Holy Spirit lights your life, that is, that is a powerful spark. That is very powerful. But you've got to be in a position. You've got to stack your wood in such a way that you know what? It lights in your life that God is able to do something incredible in you and through you. But it doesn't end there. There's something else you gotta do with this fire. You gotta fan the flame. You gotta fan that flame. In our, in our cul-de-sac, sometimes we, we roll out this uh, little fire pit in, our, in the middle and we, our neighbors, we all get together and we light up just this big fire. And uh, all the, the dudes in our neighborhood, we went and got our leaf blowers, right? Yeah. <laughs> We got our leaf blowers, and we just, we just like stood there, like, right in this fire. We're just blowing all this air on this fire. This fire gets like 30 feet in the air, right? And it's just, it's just massive, and um, 
it's kind of, it's red and there's flames going everywhere. But down in the middle where we were blowing all that oxygen, it is like white hot. It is so hot that we had to go get like some shields to try to block this heat from us as we're trying to like, like burn this fire. It was really silly. I mean, we look like idiots, but it was awesome. It was awesome to see this fire burning bright. And in our lives, man, I want to be a fire that's so hot that I catch other people as well, right? And the way we do that is we fan the flame. If you don't, you don't believe me, look at what the Bible says. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Paul writes to his, his apprentice, right? His, his disciple that he's, he's making, Timothy. And he says, hey, I want to remind you. I am reminded of your spiritual faith. I'm reminded of your walk with God. That walk with God that came through your grandmother Lois and your Mother Eunice. I can always remember that because my grandmother's name was Lois, which is kind of awesome. My mom's name is not Eunice, but one out of two isn't bad. And (laughs) here's what he says. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. He's saying, Timothy, man, you've got that. You've got a fire going, but you know what? You can't just sit there and watch it. You got to fan that flame. We got to be people who are excited about God's word. We got to be people who are, who are living for Christ and, and evangelizing and holding each other accountable and, and coming and being a part of a small group, a, a great community. Those uh, parents who are discipling their, their kids and kids who are living at school with their faith strong. I and mean, we need to be people who are doing those things and fanning the flame that God has for us. And so here's what I think. I think there's a couple people, a couple different kinds of people in this room. Today, perhaps... You need to fan the spiritual embers in your life. You know what an ember is, right? Like, a, like an ember is when you, um, you have this great fire and you're asleepy, and you want to go to bed, right? And so you just say, ah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it'll die down. It's going to be gone. You wake up the next morning and the fire looks like it's out. But if you kind of dig around, you, you find some hot coals, right? These, these hot coals, if you grabbed it, man, it, it would burn you pretty good. And so those things are still there. They're still available for you to restart a fire. So what are you supposed to do? You kind of just restack this fire, all these different elements. You restack it on top of those, cold, those, those hot embers. And then you got to, right? You got to give it some oxygen. You got to fan that flame. And all of a sudden, that, that thing that looked like it was dead, it reignites. And here's the reality. For most of us in this room, that's what's going on. Maybe in most aspects of our lives and sometimes just one or two aspects of our life, but we have these, these just embers left, these spiritual embers left in our walk with Christ that at one time we were on fire for God, man. God saved me when I was a teenager. I was, I was going to live my entire life for him. It was going to be awesome. I was going to go do all these great things. You know, now just, you know, life's life, right? And you're busy and you got other priorities, And things are just not the way they were. But you remember those times where you were on fire for God. And God had lit lit something inside of you, and it was just strong and powerful, but it's just kind of burned out. Here's the deal. That that, that fire's not gone. You just need to relight it. you got to take those embers. Position yourself in such a way, in the right way. That's what we're talking about, discipleship. Position yourself in a way so that you can be relit. Maybe that's you today. I think there's also some people in here that perhaps you need to fan the spark of salvation, right? That you have actually built a fire or a a place for fire, like you've heard God's word before. So that's a couple aspects of of these, a couple elements. 
Maybe just being here today is like you taking some, some other logs and putting them on the fire and you are, you're ready. God is working in your life, but that spark hasn't lit yet. And so maybe today is a day that you need to say, you know what? I'm ready to accept that spark. I'm ready to accept the Holy Spirit in my life. And here's how the Holy Spirit comes in your life. The Bible says that when you trust and believe that Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sins, and you repent of your sins, the Bible says that he the Holy Spirit will come into your life and you will light that spark and you'll never be the same. You will never be the same. And you'll begin to burn the way that God created you to burn. We need to be people who are like that. We need to be disciples of Christ that aren't just cold embers, not just seeing that spark in our lives but never do anything about it. We need to be those people who position ourselves so that we can burn for Christ. That's what discipleship is all about. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who's maybe even convicting us right now to be different. Man, we need to change in our lives. There's some things, God, that you need to, to deal with today and you need to fix. We believe as a church that our, our vision is that Jesus changes everything. And we believe it. We believe, God, that you can light a, a fire in all of us. But, God, there's some personal responsibility to that. Number one, we need to accept you as Lord and Savior. We need to have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe some people in this room need to do that. For a lot of us in this room, God, we are believers, but our fire is not very strong. It may just be smoldering a little bit. We may just see just a little whiff of, of smoke. God, we need to fan that flame. And I pray, God, that today, that Holy Spirit, you would begin to fan that flame in our lives. You convict our hearts that something's got to change. Something needs to be different in our lives. We need to be disciples. We need each other. We need to sharpen our spiritual axes up against one another. We can't do this alone. God, we need to be in your word. We need to be in the right position for, for you to speak into our lives and to convict us and change us and, and move us and grow us. We need to be in your word, God. And God, we need to stack the wood. We need to begin to put things and position ourselves so that when that spark comes, we're ready. Help us, God. Help us. Convict us, move us, change us. God, if, if you're calling us to do something right now, we pray, God, that I pray that our people here at Central, those online, that they would be moved by your spirit and respond today. Make us different, God. Help us to burn bright for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just stand with me for just a moment. As we have a final song, uh, man, I, I just want to encourage you. If you need to talk to one of our, our pastors, we have the connection room right over here to your right. We'd love to, to, to spend a moment and talk with you about anything, anything that you believe God is putting on your heart. Maybe you've never taken that spark of salvation. You need to be saved today. You need to start a relationship with Jesus. Man, we'd love to walk uh, through that with you in private over there. We won't make you come down here or get on stage or anything like that. We would, we'd love to speak with you in private about how you can do that. And maybe maybe the, the, the next 
thing you need to position in your fire, the next wood you need to stack is you need to be a part of our church. Maybe you've kind of been living this Christian life alone or as a family kind of alone. You don't have a community around you. We'd love for you to be a part of Central. God is moving and doing incredible things here at this church. We want you to be a part of it. If that is you and God's convicting your heart of doing that, man, go over here, around here, our staff. We'll hang out with you as long as you want and talk with you through what it, what it looks like and what it takes to, to become a member here at Central. Whatever God is calling you to do right now as we sing, this is your opportunity to do that.